0: Listening to Around Comics. Oh, uh, you are listening to Around Comics, 434, with special guest star Docker, Zach Crucey in the house. I'm Brian Salazar. With me, as always, Chris Bernesman. It is Thursday night, so you are <coughs> listening to us, watching us on Around Comics. I don't know what's going on. We're oh, classing the right? joint up. We brought in a doctor. You got a PhD, a doctor. Oh, wow.
1: Wow. Is there a doctor He's in teaching, the house? He can't figure out his camera or where to sit, so he doesn't, doesn't know, know how
2: to use the fucking camera. Yeah, but, that's fine. That so, as, as, Sal, as Sal said before, before we hit the record button, um, we are just keeping the Illinois to Wisconsin ratio balanced here because we have our newest inclusion to uh, the Scani Army, uh, uh-huh. formerly, formerly from the great state of Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> um now, now transplanted behind Georgia. Each other. Yeah, he was in Georgia for like a year.
0: Mm-hmm. He was in Georgia, Indiana, Michigan. Yeah. Huh? Are you just gonna make your way all over the entire country? All 50? It's just stay north, north, man. Just, yeah. No, hey is, bud. This is it. Yeah. Hey, hi. Yeah, no, I was
2: I was late to the party in the in the in the pregaming because I was at my my curling club's opening party.
1: Oh, 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 I still have. I still Opening have currently to
2: check off of my
1: list of things to get done here. Anytime, brother. No, I know it. Do I need
2: to adjust? Chris, you, you're or... very
0: short. You're very in the like the there. little is brother of this, yeah, of this. I know of the that I feel inadequate. Little brother. Is the dog with little two brother hands Chris. Eggs. Hi, we have uh. We have lots of questions already from people oh in the, in the, live the, uh, yeah, the
2: Oh my gosh, yeah, the comment section is abound.
0: It's because Tom's yeah. not
2: here. No, that's got to be it.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. you know, what are you going to ask Tom? It's just going to be a, you know, Tom, sort of say snarky. something funny.
2: <laughs> Tom's sarcastic? Really? What are you guys drinking? I, uh, I picked up a chocolate churro Ooh. from Pipeworks. Nice. It's uh, it's, um, it's horrible. The- it's uh, it's odd. It's I'm odd. It's a, it's a kind of a. It tastes like a beer with uh, with a chocolate and cinnamon. Dumb. Somebody
0: spilled their churro in a beer. Somebody dipped yeah, their feels churro like, in yeah, a beer. It, and... it, it,
2: it, honestly, it tastes like uh, if you had a Budweiser <laughs> with a churro, a chocolate churro soaking in it for a couple hours. Yeah,
1: that sounds tremendously fucking unappetizing.
2: It's uh, <laughs> it's odd. Let's say. We'll say yeah. Todd. Todd. All right. What questions we got? I love questions. Hold on.
0: Before we get into that, we have settled down there pregame. Uh <laughs> let's at least introduce people that may not be familiar with Mr. Zach Crusi uh to, oh. to his his you know resume. I I uh, sure nominated
2: Professor Zach Crusy. That's
0: right. I don't know if this information is still accurate or not, but I'm reading from the uh, MSU website, so I don't know if um, how how it's uh, a what, what,
2: scholar. Are you are you are you, uh, are you uh, Wisconsin Green Bay now?
1: Yeah, I'm a yeah, I'm a uh, UWGB now.
0: Well, you're still a scholar of literature and visual media. Yeah, <laughs> including yeah. comics, film, and television. Mm-hmm. Author of Mysterious Travelers, Steve Ditko, in the Search for a New Liberal Identity mm-hmm. from the University of Mississippi Press. Mm-hmm. Uh, your publications have appeared in Critique, Studies in Contemporary Fiction. Uh, the Journal of Comics Studies, uh, Studies in Comics, and uh, Source Notes on History of Art, among other places. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, an old friend of Around Comics as well. Well, I mean, and, that, and that's the
2: weird thing because we look at Zach as just one of our buddies, right? Because we've, God, we've known each other for, I mean, it's rapidly coming up on like 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because we're old. Um, but uh, for listeners out there, I think what 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 Brian so eloquently um, was able to stop the show and point out is that um, besides being uh, one of our uh, really good friends, Zach is one of the preeminent comic book experts in in the world. Yeah,
0: historian. Uh, he like, is like he.
2: I mean, like legitimately, you are a published comic book historian and an expert and that's um we we poke fun at you because you're uh you're shit and we love yeah. you um but it's really fucking impressive i mean you've done way more than salad i will ever do in a published regard to like the media you know, i would be embarrassed if
1: you did, i would be embarrassed if you didn't give me a hard time what kind right? of friend would you be yeah. if yeah. you didn't give me if you didn't hassle me about some
2: I I, uh, I got uh, Zach to uh, drink his uh, very first Wisconsin Old Fashioned.
1: You did. Uh, yeah, I've had several since. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you still moved to Wisconsin. That's impressive. Oh, man, I, I
2: love it here so much. It's awesome, isn't it? It's, it's amazing. How do you I, like Sheboygan? How do you like, I mean, seriously, let's let's get off topic a little bit. How do you like Sheboygan? I love it. Right? It's,
1: it's an amazing little town. It's, just, it's a goofy little arts town. They're like within ten minutes of my house, like a ten minute walk. I can hit Lake Michigan, a comic mm-hmm. book store, and about a half a dozen bars, and yeah. and yeah, and a really a really great uh, Mexican bakery and uh, cafe. And then another another direct uh, same direction. There's a there's a great taco place. Like we're
2: fine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Everything's coming
2: up flower. You can write out the apocalypse in Sheboygan. Absolutely. Really, really well. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. there's a plenty of fresh water. So the there's two store there's two comic book stores in town. One does new comics, the other was just like a consignment back issue thing. And they got like mm-hmm. toys and stuff. But I went down to the other place today, the back issue place, and I pulled out, you know, like five Charlton horror comics, three bucks a pop. Okay.
2: Sold. I'm happy you are such a nerd. I'm happy to pay you. It's like you walk into every comic shop. Can you show me to the Charlton section? I mean (laughs) (laughs) Am I am I
1: alone in this regard? Am I yes, yes, you are. It's like
2: you you and Hillary Barda and like four (laughs) other people. That's fine. Don't tell anyone
1: else. Leave it alone. (laughs) Because we are underpaying for these issues, and I want to keep underpaying yeah. for these.
0: Oh, I just uh, you just spiked the market on Charlton Comics now. <laughs> here, at the AC bump, as we call it, you know, it's that's forget it. Now it's just going to go through the roof.
1: I've I've ruined it. I've ruined it for myself and on all my compatriots.
2: Yeah. So sir, sir, you settled in, unpacked, getting there more or less. I mean, okay. all my comics are still in storage.
1: Not all my like. All my old stuff is still in storage, mm-hmm. um,
2: so we got to get those up here. So, so I told I told Marta, it's like, yeah, you know, really good friend of mine has moved to Sheboygan, um, gonna get him to come down to Milwaukee, and we can hang out. And she looked at me, and this is Marta, what you love. She's like, "Fuck that! I want to go! I want to go to Sheboygan." Mm-hmm. They need to invite us. Yeah, like, okay, I can probably I can probably arrange that. We have a spare bedroom, three yeah. sheets here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, down. We live like an hour and a half away from
0: each other. Is that that body- was the goal of this entire podcast, wasn't it? Just to get you invited to Zach's house. Yes. Is
2: that, is that- I want to go to a? I want to go to a cookout
0: The Sheboygan.
2: Mm-hmm. You know they are home with the Sheboygan
0: Brat.
1: Yeah. Chris, Chris is looking for what Chris is really looking for is a Sheboygan side by side. You kids at home can look up what that is.
0: Uh, that sounds. I uh, know what that
1: is, I'm a little afraid. Mm. <laughs> it's fine don't worry about it, it sounds Did a little you weird, weird. You just sounds a little freaky back, back. I don't
2: know PG rating are we PG-17 now
1: no Sheboygan side by side is two two Sheboygan official brats side by side okay. in, in a single bun so it's, so it's a, a double, double brat
2: it's nothing like the into. Chicago combo which is still right. when I remember our buddy Mario Moosecar came to uh, Chicago for uh, some sort of show or whatnot. not um, and we went to uh, uh, Al's Italian Beef on 18th. And he ordered a combo thinking it was an Italian beef and a side of fries. <laughs> and no, that is not a combo. A combo is a, an Italian sausage topped with an Italian beef yeah. in a bun with fries. <laughs> That's a you lot. know that's that is one of the things that we have in uh, in common with Zach that I think would be an interesting uh, discussion tonight is that he is one of the only other people that I know that went through the similar hell that we did of running a comic book convention. Oh man, yeah, we
1: we <laughs> all did
2: that. You were There's... Big Apple Con, right? Apple Apple City. or Apple Apple City Con. Apple city. Big Apple, Big Apple, apples, yeah. Apple City. Big, Big Apple's Apple, a different
0: city. That's a different Apple, city. Yeah,
2: yeah, so Apple City Con.
1: Yeah, I mean, and to be fair, I mean,
2: you guys are largely to blame for that. So, <laughs> <clears throat> our, our idiocy of uh, of running the Windy City Comic Con.
1: Oh yeah, I was inspired. I mean, that's not a joke, right? Like, yeah,
2: it was awesome, right?
1: Yeah, it was an amazing. Those those both of those shows were both they're incredible. They're an incredible time every time. And like, there was so much to do and so many people to see. And it was everything that I love about going to shows. It was
2: really this, um, like center cut, perfect time in comics that, we're um we're like podcasting and like this whole new generation that was almost like clear cut like this clear cut new generation of comic book creators and podcasting was happening and we were in chicago which is a really easy place to get in and out of uh honest to god the hardest place was finding the venue but um you know, at that, that was what, 2009, 2010-ish? You guys were 9, nine 10.
1: Nine, no, 10. Was that, is that right, 9, 10? Because I was 10,
2: I was 10 to 15. Oh, wow, you ran yours for so long. Yeah, it took us two yep. years before we, uh we were like, yeah, that was fun. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was this like great group of creators that like now, today, it's like, you know, um and, and you it, it, you got the golden you got the white whale which mm. um will be behind me I can is, see him already is yeah there's my Jaime Hernandez sketch that Zach got for me. You got you got Jaime Hernandez to come to your show. How mm. did you how did you do that? I asked him. <laughs> I hate it, you.
1: Yeah. And now I see. Now I've seen him probably five or six times since, and we hang out and talk. And like yeah. and he's like, "Hey, you still talk to the Fort Wayne people?" I'm like, "Yeah, a couple." <laughs> and uh, no, we talk. We talk about that all the time. I, I just saw him at San Diego at the Eisners, and that was what we talked about for the first 15 minutes. Oh, that's awesome! was that, so yeah, like, like what a what a bizarre world to live in. We're like, oh, this guy that I think is a god is now my you know casual right? friend. Yeah, right. we just talk about things. Okay.
2: Yeah, you know, I I look back. Um, I I uh, was looking at the lineup um, from that show, and I mean, what Jeff Lemire, mm-hmm. Tony Moore, and Jeffrey Brown, and Jeff Darrow, and what Azarillo, and Jill Thompson, and it, it was it was crazy. You had am- you had fucking stir. You have Starenko. I have Starenko. Yeah, I had a lot of those same people that you.
1: Jill never came, but I had, but I had all those other people you list. No, no, I didn't have Tony either. I never, I had never landed Tony, but, uh, but yeah, I had, I had Jeffrey Brown the, the first year, and uh, mm-hmm. I didn't have Jeff Lemire, but I had the first year. I had Mac on a single panel. Was Matt Kent, yeah. Jeffrey Brown? Who else was on that? It was a bonkers panel. Just like a crazy, just lineup of like indie, like dark, like people now, like you couldn't dream to get. Um, But it was a neat. It was a neat time in comics, wasn't it? it Incredible time, right? Like, and you, I don't, you just, you couldn't replicate it now because everybody was so new and so fresh, and like we weren't all like jaded, (laughs) just like oh, we were
2: plenty jaded. Well,
1: but not like you know, like the horrors of social media had not really set in. Yeah, and, and like lines were not drawn in the sand about, you know, like it was a different time where everybody was much more open and willing to do this stuff. And also we yeah, weren't all fucking sure. just bombarded with superhero and comic book media, like every day, you know, unless we chose to be that way. Like, yeah. I mean, we were part of a, we were part of like a very sort of small moment in time where we were doing that before that was the only thing you could do.
2: Yeah. yeah um, like the, like the Bendis board. Yeah. It was still a big deal. Uh, well, what, what was Warren Ellis's forum? Uh, the Engine. Yeah. You know, those were like the big voices in comics. And it's like, the um, where did Fraction. Um, Fraction kind of got his career going by what? Comic book resources? Well, he's, was he a CBR guy? I think that, that sounds right. Oh, but I mean, he was, he was a message board guy, though. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was a message board guy. So it was yeah. Gail, Simone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, oh, are those? Are those? Uh, is that the first Windy City Comic Con? This is 2009.
0: This is from a photo stream by Quimby's Bookstore. Oh wow! wow. Yeah. On Flickr. And um, yeah, it was this a neat. It was a, neat, well, it was a neat little
2: show, man. It was a neat little show. This was the
0: first one.
2: Oh god! I can't even. Yeah, that's crazy. It's bananas so fun so (laughs) fun mr brown there's jeffrey yeah we it was like this amazing mix of indie and commercial and i remember it, it was either the first or the second year uh i got this very angry email from some uh comic book creators in chicago their web their web comic artist and they were very angry that we were not doing anything for, uh, for for web comics. And I was just like, okay, well, we just hadn't thought about it. You wanna do a panel? <laughs> and they're like, yeah. So I, I actually have a photo stream that I did, Sal, and it's got pictures from the web comics panel. And this is like 2009. It's like web comics were kind of in their infancy at, at that point. So, and that was kind of our attitude was we it was gonna be a juried show. So we weren't gonna let just anybody come in and set up. But we were definitely, I mean, it was incredibly Curated, friendly. it was curated. Right. But we were friendly to to what was going on with 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 newer with newer artists. Yeah, Listen, we cool. just
0: had a bunch of friends that were in comics, and we wanted to hang out with. Right. them. We didn't really. We wanted to throw a
2: party, right? We wanted to throw a party.
0: We made almost no money, and it was way more work than it was worth. But it was a lot of fun, and people still talk yeah. about it like it was something amazing. So hey, yeah. It's we made else? we made
2: like twenty dollars or we made like twenty cents an hour.
0: Yeah, you guys <laughs> and made all the volunteers. Hour
2: we made about twenty cents an hour, but it lucky was split. between nuts, lucky ducks, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, the thing is, so you took that same kind of concept. You never charged anyone for a table, right? No, I charged I charged vendors, but I never charged an artist for a table. That was that was our so for all the kids out there that want to run the coolest come come put convention ever. Our um, our business model, which is the worst ever because it was a way to make no money, was that we took what it cost to run the show, to rent the space, to, you know, do basically all of our expenses. We lumped that together, and then we figured out how many vendor spaces we had, and we divided it by that, right? And so... When we opened the doors for the show, the show was paid for, and anything that came in after that would be would be income. But we never charge it was, because it was a juried show. We never charged any of the creators table um, fees because we asked them to come. Yeah. Yeah, and we also, we made it a totally creator. And this is what you did at Apple, at your AppleCon, was you made it a creator-specific show where the creators were in the middle of the room and the vendors are on the outside. Yeah. And then we did the same thing.
1: Yeah, because, to, I mean, well, I know that you guys feel this way too. I mean, that's why I was there. That's why I did it. It's because of a, because of a passion for the medium and, and the friends that we all had and were making at the time who were making these books that we all loved and gushed over for you know however long i mean that was the point right i mean that's always the point to me and i didn't like i don't know how i don't know if you guys encountered it because you but like i i would get like emails and i would have to like very gently i had to very gently let some people down who asked me who has to come to the show i'm like "Mm, no like i got i won't say his name but there was a couple there's a professional. Dave Wactor. Yeah, it was Dave every year. I'm like, Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Dave, can't come. Can't come.
0: maybe some some year, Dave, you'll yeah enough, <laughs> but
1: like I get I, it was
2: at both Windy Cities, by the way.
1: Yeah, no, it was he was at every all of my shows too.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, but. Um, But no, but like there's like a handful. There's a couple of professional wrestlers and some Power Rangers. Oh yeah,
2: we had we had wrestlers.
1: Yeah, and I'm like uh, Power Rangers. Yeah, and and like
2: hey,
1: and the wrestlers. Like I had I really thought about it for a second with the wrestlers because I love wrestling, and I'm like. Oh man, there is a very specific moment from my childhood that you were a big part of, but I don't think that I can invite you to this show because that is not what this is. We
2: there there is a there is a is the juice worth the squeeze Mm. moment that you that you run into. And Sal and I, and I guess we can talk about this now. It doesn't matter. Um, it was a juice versus squeeze moment where it's like, yeah, we can spend Twenty five hundred bucks to fly this person in and put them in a hotel, and you know, and and set them at a table. Is it going to make the show more than twenty five hundred dollars? And and that th- those are the questions that you that you as a small comic book show mm. that you run into. It's like okay, I can bring this person in for a hundred bucks, and yeah, Tony Moore is going to make the show more than a hundred dollars, right? Right. Uh, Chris Claremont contacted us about coming and it was, you know, fly him in, put him up, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, okay, this is going to cost us like, you know, twenty five hundred to three thousand dollars. Is Chris Claremont going to bring three thousand dollars of return in the show? And we I think we ultimately decided, "Eh, no, probably not. Yeah. Is he going to put 304 yeah. people through the door? Right. And we were at that point. It's like, yeah, we're actually worried about having too many people. So yeah. well, that, I, was, that was a weird moment of saying, no, we don't have space for you, Chris Claremont.
1: Right. Well, I, I had right. that. I had to have that same conversation with myself about Stranko. Well, right. Uh, and I mean, for for Jim, it was ultimately the right choice because for a small, you know, a small city like Fort Wayne, like right, Jim yeah. will, Jim will put asses in seats, and also was like really into doing the media, like local media stuff, because that's who he is. He enjoys holding court very much. Um, and uh, uh, so, you know, for for Jim, like that, that I had to do that same calculation. And ultimately, I was like, okay, yes, Jim's going to bring. I'm going to at least break even on, on this fine. And then even breaking even, he's going to put enough extra people in the alleyways to be spending money with Sean Pryor and Dave and Mike and whoever else. Sure. Uh, where it's fine. Yeah.
2: Fine. Do it. I, I, th- I thought for a time that you were going to pull off the impossible. If there was anyone that was um, ever, ever going to do it, and I thought, I think you were probably closer than anyone has ever gotten. And as a, as a published author on Ditko, I thought you were really close to getting Ditko to come to a comic book convention, which would have been worldwide news Yeah, in uh, that community. Uh, well, I got a response. That's as close as anyone's
1: ever gotten. Yeah. It, 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 it was a rather, it was a rather deep, yeah. it was a rather detailed response. Uh, it was obviously no, but, uh, <laughs> but it was like, I, I put together everything like this complete package. Like here are all the things I'm going to assure you. Here are, here are limitations I'm willing to put into place, like restrictions I'm willing to put on, you know, folks for, you know, X, Y, and Z and to protect your time and your, and your sense of self and all. and, it was a very polite and thoughtful no.
2: <laughs> but
1: I felt I like I was as close as anyone was going to get. Yeah. Because I put because I knew everything to say. Sure. Right sure. like ultimately yeah. it's just, this just comes down to you're in your 80s do you want to do this? Yeah. <laughs> um, well
2: and you and you had you have met him in person.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, I was I was a maniac who beat on his door. Yeah. Um That's crazy. And, and, and he, but he treated me kindly, right? Because I didn't yeah. ram a camera in his face and ask him why he stole his ideas from Ben Cooper costumes.
0: So, <laughs> when did you uh when did you first become obsessed with Steve Ditko? Oh, when I was a
1: kid, when I was about fourth grade. Do you do you remember oh, what yeah. it was? Yeah, it was those um those uh Marvel um not Masterworks. What the hell do they call them? Um, they had the same silver border as the Masterworks, but they were just single issues. Marvel uh, Masterpiece, not Masterpiece. Masterpiece. Um, you know what I'm talking about, though.
0: Yeah, I know yeah, what you're talking they're, about.
1: They're reissued. They were reprints of like Master- I think it was Masterpiece. Was it Masterpieces? That's some somebody in the questions will know. Um, but know uh, the cards. Yeah, Masterpieces were the cards. It was something like that, though. But they were lost leaders. They're essentially lost leaders to sell the uh, to sell the masterworks, right? So the first time the first time I saw him and I knew that I had seen him was in that in reprints of Spider Man number one. Um, but then after that, then after I saw his name there, then I made the connection like, oh, this is the same guy that drew these speedball comics that I've been reading, oh, and
2: Jesus.
1: Uh, <laughs> so and then it sort of snowballed from there. Mm-hmm. But he was the first person... I've said this before, but he was the first person... He was the first artist that I knew who they were, right? I mean, oh, like, okay. I, I had, like, a good sense... Because I was, like, 10, you know? Uh, but so I, I had a good sense. Like, I understood that, like, yes, Spider-Man, the Spider-Man that I'm reading, this is Eric Larson, Todd McFarlane, Spider-Man. This is a very specific look, but I don't really know anything about this beyond the fact this is what Spider-Man looks like, right? But Ditko, like, I knew, like, this was a very... Distinct take or version of the character that was different from anything else that I was reading, mm. and it, for start and for starters, because of all all the people were, you know, I wouldn't say ugly, but they were not. They did not have the toothpaste smile. They weren't was, pretty, right? Yeah, it's not it's not Ramita's toothpaste smile, right? Like plastered over these characters, and it certainly wasn't, you know, the buxom babes of, you know, the '90s, you know, McFarlane, Leifeld. Larson you know era so you know everybody just looked different and weird and strange and alien and the character moved in unusual ways like even compared to like McFarlane the character moved in unusual ways and um there was just something really captivating about it and I became you know hooked on him from that point it was but it wasn't until like I had like some imagined sense of disposable income that I really dug into like all the this. Not strange. Well, some of it's strange. Like, the stuff that, like, the, the, the stuff that, like, no average wizard reader would have access to, right? Like, I didn't get into that until I was, like, 1920 and, like, had, you know, summer, 18, 19, 20 and had, like, summer jobs and stuff. Um, but, uh, but I knew all the Marvel things that he had done, like, you know, Spidey and Doctor Strange, Strange and and, uh, and you know Speedball and um, you know even the Squirrel Girl stuff like I knew all those things really early, but it wasn't until much later that I re- read Blue Beetle. I was like late high school, maybe freshman in college. First time I read Blue Beetle, uh, at least his Blue Beetle. I knew Ted Cord, um, but so really since I was ten, uh, and been you know just kind of thinking about it. Ever it, it since was, it, it was just like a – like, you know how, like, you pick up books and, like, you, they just click with you? Mm-hmm. Like, it, or, or characters or artists click with you? I mean, it was a similar experience with Love and Rockets. Like, the first time, the first time I read, you know, Love and Rockets and, like, really got to – and, like, really got to see, you know, Maggie and, and Hopi together, like, it was just immediate. Like, I understand these people. Like yeah. I understand this world, I understand these voices, I understand this conversation because of the music and the art and the way that it's all sort of being the humor. The humor. All it's just yeah. being propelled towards me in this way that this is this is the this is a language I understand.
2: These right? are my people.
1: Yeah, these yeah, exactly. Yeah. These are my people. The same I mean, and I'm not trying I'm not saying this to be like, you know, mushier because I'm here, but like the same thing that like like I feel like when I meet when you when we all became friends and we've met the people that are in our sort of shared circles and communities, like you look at them, you are like, "No, these fucking guys get it." Like yeah. I am safe here. We can talk. These well, are my people. Yeah, <laughs> these references are going to land,
2: mm-hmm. right? Um, and you know, these- I I go to Pittsburgh. I own this shirt because right because I went to Pittsburgh to see Mario, yeah. right? Yeah, who's one of our shared friends. Because he's one of our people, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. You you just you know your people, yeah. and uh,
1: and that's how I felt with that with those early Ditko Spider Mans. Like I knew my people. Um, yeah, that's weird. And uh, <laughs> it was like, it, but it was you know it was a young age, mm-hmm. but also you know I was I grew up in a town of fewer than eighteen hundred people.
2: Like, yeah.
1: who am I fucking talking to? Why
2: <laughs> why why aren't you like this with like Paul Smith or or Ramita Junior? Oh, uh, well, well, with, with Ramita jr. Actually like Jim jr. Lee. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, you know, because everybody was reading that and it didn't. And, and I think, I think sometimes, and maybe you guys feel differently about this. I don't know, but I think sometimes too, like part of the appeal to some of these things is that if something makes you feel special, or if you feel like you have a special connection to it, it makes you feel more special. If other people don't know what it is.
2: <laughs>
1: right if if other people like don't automatically know this like if you're if you're a fourth grader and you drop a Steve Ditko reference to your friends and like <laughs> they're like okay but so do you want to trade me for this Ryan Sandberg card or not right like no you know, like there's there's there is something about that that makes you feel unique and special in a conversation right i mean i it would be i would be lying if i said that that wasn't part of it as a kid too like this arcane bit of knowledge that belongs only to me and not any of you fellow toddlers, right? Like you know just
0: led you to a career <laughs> teaching <laughs> about <laughs> yeah. and Wanting to have that special knowledge, that special powers, those special powers yeah. that the average person does not have. The yeah. vast
1: financial resources available to the average American professor.
0: Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. that oh, too. So, so you're sad, like that, or, uh, man.
2: You're, yeah. absolutely <laughs> I do have to ask: Are uh, are people uh, in Wisconsin smarter than people in uh, Georgia? Just asking.
1: <laughs> what do you mean by smarter, Chris?
2: <laughs> Able to read?
0: They're, they're better with cows. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: I would say this. I, I, I would say that. Uh, I would say that the things that res- that restrict folks in Georgia um, do not restrict them as much here. Okay.
2: That's good. That's awesome.
1: Yes, it's amazing.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh it, yes. So you
2: you're much happier teaching.
1: Yeah. Happier oh, te- yeah. I mean happier teaching, happier sending my kids to school. Like look, I'm not like one of these like, I'm not like one of these, you know, terrible people who's like, "Ah, the South. Oh, it's just all this. it is not." No, there's something.
2: wonderful things in the South. Right.
1: Yeah. That that's yeah. that's not that's not it. There's something else going on here. Um something much larger. Uh but like, I don't have to worry now about my kids coming home with homework telling them how bad that mean old General Sherman was as he marched across as he marched to Atlanta and liberated plantations.
2: Yeah, we'll march to the sea. Yeah, we're glad we're glad to have you here in uh, in the uh, the north in the uh, behind the cheddar curtain now.
1: Oh, it's great.
0: You know, it's and so I'm gonna... just sitting here going, Wisconsin's just kind of south, just north. It's it's south north it's it's outside really- of
2: uh, you know there is a lot of Arkansas in uh, Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, I will, I will, I've been I to both. That.
0: It's not that different. It's colder, yeah. but Ooh. that's. <laughs> I got a hard. Right.
1: I got a hard disagree with you on that one, man. It is. It is di- like you got to live there for a year, Then then you then you come home, and A your whole year. Yeah, you got to live there a whole year. And then you come home, and your eyes are as big as dinner plates to so just everything. And they ask, they ask you, "How was your life?" And you go, "Oh,
2: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question." So I saw, I saw your uh, your artwork for the uh, for this episode. Um, have we all read this? This being Fantastic Four Full Circle, uh, which is the Alex Ross uh, Fantastic Four story that is kind of. Uh, you know, dancing in between the raindrops of the Kirby and uh, Lee version, right?
0: Mm-hmm. I would lie if I said I read it. I I looked through it. I it's really it. pretty, though, right? It is pretty. It's, yes, it's very psychedelic.
2: Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, on, yeah, you'll read it. I mean, it's not a story that's going to change your life or or anything like that. Um it's a it's a it's a Kirby Lee 1960s Fantastic Four story. It's it's updated a little bit, but man, Alex Ross cr- I mean in a non Alex Ross way really crushed this book.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, the fact that it's not painted is what put me over on it. I'm like I want to see more of this. Yeah, if he had painted this, I don't think I don't know that I would feel the same way about it. It it would have been a beautiful. Yeah, I'll it be. would have been amazing. But he really plays with that 1960s psychedelia with the color palette, and just, it's so kinetic, and it's just absolutely his tribute to Kirby. It is so pretty. I, um, this will be a book that when I want to go back and just read an awesome FF story in part of an afternoon on a rainy Saturday, I will grab this and, and just go revisit it. It's, it's that good. Yeah.
0: You guys sound like, like it's a bad thing that Alex Ross is an amazing painter.
2: <laughs> um, no, it's it's exciting. No, it's know, exciting just, and fun to
0: see him do something. That I know, isn't but it, but a, there's a, always a this role. there's always this weird thing with Alex Ross of like people people love his covers, but they don't really like his interior work mm. because I love his interior painted. I will, We
2: don't get and enough. Then, of, we don't get enough of it. And if he can do more by doing this instead of instead of painting, I'm all in. Because this was amazing, you know what I mean. As opposed I think, to,
0: I
1: think he's a great painter, but I just think when, when I see that painted stuff, it just feel, it makes it feel stiff to me. Yeah, I mean, which is not to say that it's not beautiful. Which is not to say that he's not brilliant in every you know every step of the way. I think that he is, but like I look at that, and I'm like, I get it. This is gorgeous, and the layout are great. Mm-hmm
2: this feels. It's yeah. the, it's yeah. the other side of Ditko where like, everyone is like weird and odd. Like Ross, everyone is like statuesque, right? Like sculpted almost.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it feels posed more than fluid.
2: Well, he used, I mean, famously uses a lot of, of models. Sure. To, yeah. uh yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I, and I, yeah, I don't mean what I'm saying. I don't mean that as a, I don't necessarily mean that as a as a critique or to say that that's bad or good it's just
2: mm-hmm. not what
1: I'm looking for. I want something that is moving, you know, in some way. Like some something that's twisting my eyes around a little bit. And yeah,
2: I, and and that's why I think the this Alex Ross kind of, of of splits that that category where it felt it was Alex Ross but it felt more kinetic. Yeah. I agree. Right? I totally it, it, it was Alex Ross with the little Kirby thrown in to to make it feel a little bit more alive. Yeah.
1: No, I th- I think this feels way I I think alive is the right way to say it. That's how I would yeah. say it. Yeah. It feels way
2: more alive. Yeah. It's really it was fun. It's a really fun book.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. It's got a nihilist. Yeah. And it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. <clears throat> I will have to read it. I haven't. like I said. I just got it. Read in, so it. I read it. I will eventually. Read it. Guys. God damn, Sal! You oh, spent forty bucks on it. You might.
2: You better read it. I will.
0: That's I will at some it. point.
2: What do you? Whoa! You got the? Let me see the slipcase version that percy was <laughs> yeah. throwing out there. Yeah. Just is the slipcase slip slip worth it? I mean, a, what, 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 what what
1: what does the non-slip case version cost?
2: I I, I paid like nineteen dollars on Amazon
1: for. Okay, so why I bought I picked this up at the LCS around the corner, so
2: I paid full retail. So in cool.
1: It's a small store. There's not that many people in Sheboygan buying. Oh, now
2: you're all my Mister Community. Now you're uh, <laughs> Mister Mister Wisconsin Community. Yeah, uh, because I was I
1: was so anti-community before. That was that was my number one. <laughs> I was famous for it. People would write me letters every day, like, "Why are you? Why do you hate community so much, Zach?" And I'm like, "Well, now I'm atoning for my sins, right?" But anyway, no, it was it was just the version that he had. And uh, but so I, I picked up the slipcase. Oh, it's just an extra piece of cardboard that goes around the book. Cost me another twenty bucks, I guess. Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's okay. You're high you're a high paced or high paid college professor. Now. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No.
1: I mean, after this semester I'm changing my name to Rich Millions. Yeah, I can't wait just... to
2: come up to the estate in Sheboygan yeah. it's huge later estate. this year. You wouldn't believe it. So, yeah,
0: Zach, can I tell a funny story from back before you? Oh were no! Oh a no, Professor. Yeah. Oh no. Okay. So I, I'm, uh, not a,
1: I'm not a person filled with shame, so it's okay.
0: No, this is there's nothing to be ashamed of. This, this if anything, it's more my shame. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you will remember this or not. So this was Chris had hosted a dinner. It was I think it was C2E2. Or one of the conventions, I don't remember. I, oh. think, it the, I think it was the first year of C two E two, and and well, Chris hosted yeah. a dinner party. party. I have vivid recollections of this dinner. So okay, so <laughs> does this,
2: does this we have, end with someone puking on
0: the? Uh... No, 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 no. Oh, okay. I don't know. Well, I'm sure there was, but we. Yeah, so I mean, was. we're we're at uh, we're downtown. We're at, at uh, Chris's. It was actually at your parents' house. It was my parents' uh, house. Were, yeah. yeah, yeah, they were away. Their, their and you Cooked and Mario was there. Everybody we knew was like, it was huge oh. comic book nerd. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Wood and Price. And- yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And Will Will Pfeiffer was there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And I didn't really know Zach at that point, other than through the internet, you know, podcasting, that kind of stuff. And we were drinking and talking and, you know, I was drinking and drinking and drinking and, <laughs> and at one point we were on the rooftop and we were, we were talking, um, about i don't know how many months later i get a message from you and it's like hey do you think i could give you a call and i'm like sure absolutely yeah give me a call so zach calls me and and i you know this is really maybe the i don't know we haven't really spoken that much we didn't know each other all that well um but i'm like yeah sure give me a call you know so he calls me and he's like hey man i just really wanted to say you know thanks like at Chris's, at that party, you know, we kind of had a heart to heart. And I, I, you know, and, and you were sort of explaining how, you know, you were at a point in your life where you weren't sure what you wanted to do, whatever. And evidently I had given you some life advice. And
2: <laughs> you were, you were, and you went on to then quit your job. You
0: <laughs> and, and you quit your job and you went on and you ended up becoming a professor. And like what led you? And, and I'm sitting there listening to you tell me this. And I'm like, I have no recollection of this conversation. I Sa- have no Sa- idea. That was completely
2: fucking blackout drunk.
0: What the fuck time. I told you. It- no idea what I said, but I was really glad that it worked out because I would have <laughs> felt fucking terrible if my drunken advice would have led you, you know, to complete ruin and, and, ruin and desolation would have been bad. Oh don't worry, I would have eat- yeah, which it
1: could have easily, which could have easily happened, and I certainly would have called you back and let you know. Like you really fucked up on this one. So. Uh, no, but that year, like I know exactly, it was around Christmas time. It was around New Year's or Christmas time yeah. when I called you. Um, but yeah, no, well that that was the year that I left. I left DCBS that year, and I was going back to academia and everything. Like yeah. I was taking some major risks. Um, so yeah. And not to take the piss out of it too much, but but I, I had talked to a handful of people who had made major differences for me that year, and, and there there's about there's like maybe four or five folks that I talked to, you you among them, that like for whatever reason
2: didn't call me. Nah,
1: that, doesn't, that doesn't sound right at all. That doesn't sound right. You know what? You know what, You know what sounds more right is I sent you a text. I'm like, hey give me a call and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I never fucking heard from you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Salvin's had the goodness in his heart to call me uh, or to, to accept the call. Um, yeah. No, but there's like four or five people, you, you two among them um, that, you know, made major differences for the, just the way that I thought about things. And maybe not just from that drunken conversation, but just like by example, in 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 a variety of ways but through something with either with ac or some other thing well at the time you were doing like your fanboy scout stuff right (laughs) uh and and just doing things now like this these things make sense and people are people are just doing shit because they think they should do it uh what am i what am i waiting for so um so yeah I mean, you know,
0: but, uh, yeah, I didn't mean to put you on the spot.
1: I, no, 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 you're not putting me on the spot at all. They don't pay me to be nice, so. Um, <laughs> but no, but that, but that, was, that was totally true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, I'm sure part of it was the was our drunken conversation. I'm sure that was. I'm sure that played a major factor, but it was more than that, though. Yeah. So, Good. In, in, all, in all fairness, that was these, right before
2: Christina stuff. just painted that entire penthouse red it was like the red wedding <laughs> up there
0: that's not good on that uh... <laughs>
2: <laughs> which by the way if it, uh, what, I had to talk to Marta if you're going to watch Game of Thrones or any Game of Thrones TV show um, if there's a wedding just and you're averse to, to bloodshed just turn the TV off <laughs> Is she not- did, you all, did you all watch House of Dragon this week? Mm-mm.
1: I'm not watching uh, it at all.
0: Though.
1: Yes. I was so upset with the last two seasons
2: of the regular show. I'm like, you know, I'm just out. Yeah. You're
0: probably better Zach,
2: off. Zach, just mm-hmm. listen to ACTV <laughs> because I know you do because you're a patron of the I show. Am a- I am what you can do. By going to patreon.com forward slash around comics.
0: Way to get a plug in. My, I
2: gotta throw my plug in. Um, and you can listen to me and Sal, and sometimes other people talk about TV and movies and video games and that
0: you know kind of stuff. All right, enough of that. Let's get to some questions for our star. Right. Lots of questions here. Okay. Uh, let's see. They're Lynn, all for Lynn, Zach. Uh, Are they? Michigan. Michigan State University has a comics forum, so that means they give scholarships to future students? Is
1: that, is that yes true? Yes and no. So the, the comics forum is – so I was the academic uh, coordinator for the forum for the past – for, since well, since I since I went there in 2015. So, I, like, I never – like, I quit. Like, I put Appleseed on hiatus, uh, right, and, and then immediately took over at the comics forum, which is just – a convention but for academics um so so that's what the forum is but the they do have a scholarship um but that is specifically for students in the comics minor there and, and most of those students are art students so basically what they do for the no love for writers no no none for i mean don't don't talk to me about that uh uh, but anyway so so that so that scholarship is is for students in the in the comics make in the comics minor program for comics making um but the forum itself is a little bit different that's actually a hybrid conference that is is a micro (laughs) artist alley that with academic panels um throughout the throughout the weekend and we have Uh, really good people there like we had Sergio. We had uh, Stan Sakai. Um, who else recently? just like, uh, like yeah,
2: yeah. So so Sal, you know you're you're big time whenever you just say the first names. Mm-hmm. We had Sergio.
0: Sergio. Stan. Had
1: Sergio. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we had we had Seth. So that one that one's not big time because he's only Seth. So
0: <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. next question. With being part of a university, does Marvel DC or DC Warner Brothers give you free access to its comics library digitally for study?
1: Absolutely no.
0: not. No. <laughs> no chance. No
1: chance of that. They don't care. No. No, and in fact though, it's serious business though, because you like the copyright stuff is really serious. Yeah. The- and like they try to go after academic publishers for like reprinting pages and stuff, which they can't do, but they do it anyway. So take that for what it's how facts.
2: were you with um with the book um of of any of the copyrighted Dico material?
0: Well,
1: most of it a lot of the stuff that, that I use is in public domain.
2: Okay, like that cover image.
1: All the Charlton, almost all the Charlton stuff he does in public domain because Charlton, for reasons known only to themselves, did not print copyright information in their indicia until like the late seventies. Really? So, so they never so they never copyrighted anything because oh, that wow. was copyright law, You're like you had to print that in order for it to be copyrighted. Well, they didn't do that. So all of the Charlton stuff up to like seventy something until the law changed is
2: public domain. That's an amazing story in itself. Yes. Yes. So, I have no idea. That's amazing. That's what, why so like, we have Watchmen. Right. Well, that, but, uh, right. Yeah, sure. But, well, DC still bought those
1: characters. Yeah. But if you wanted to reprint something from, say, like uh, those Captain Adams, then you could totally reprint those. Hmm. Uh, so, Don't
0: give me any ideas.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, like, so, like those fanographic like those fanographics Ditko collections that they put out that Blake Bell edited, that's all public domain.
2: Okay. Oh, that makes sense. So, but the other
1: stuff that's not public domain, um, we just did it. Like the university press just did it because it's for academic purposes uh, and it doesn't violate copyright at all. And we have to be allowed to do this in order to have the course. So, um, and then the university press just says it. But there have been instances where other academic publications have tried to do this and then made the mistake of telling dc or marvel of what they're doing and then dc and marvel like oh you can't do that well that's not true right yeah like some famous there's some famous examples of it like where somebody wanted to publish an article about sexuality and queer identity in batman and robin comics and then dc tried to prevent them from using images from their books um so
2: yeah Oh shit! I know we've moved into the big time because we've got a uh, John Suntress comment.
0: Uh oh, what? Yeah. Um, John says, "Still waiting for the Charlton documentary that's still being made." Yeah, uh, I thought Are we did a Kickstarter
1: making- for that or something. Is that right, John? Was there a Kickstarter for that? I remember that. From- that's been like years, years and years that they've been talking about that. But there is a new kick- There is a new book about Charlton that Tomorrow's is coming out. John oh. John, B. John B. Cook is doing a, a quick like quick and dirty like uh, lay history of Charlton.
0: Which he just good. said shut up. That was his own only- <laughs> way to be a part of the conversation, John. Well, Same John, old John.
2: Yeah, you know, it's I that's the thing I miss from the old show yeah, that we have now is that I John's not gonna walk into one of the, the rooms and sit down. And and take and, over a microphone and, then, <laughs> and
0: then completely take over the conversation. No. Well, well. When I oh was, no, here comes John now. I, my I, now.
2: John now. When I was a boy.
0: Mm. <laughs> love you, John. We love you, John. Uh, Are <laughs> universities that have comic book programs connected in any way? Here in Seattle, we have UW facility. In another city that 30 minutes away that has an office cover with comics, I can see from the bookstore. I don't, Nick, I'm not sure what that question is. I don't know if that's a question or a statement. Are you looking for directions? I'm not sure. Well, there, is, there, there are it. a
1: few major comic scholars at UW. I know that. Like Jose Alanis is there and, and a few other people.
2: Spe- speaking of, um, speaking of, uh, uh college and comics. Uh Zach, you've been to the uh, University of Ohio. Uh has mm-hmm. the comics. It's it's what what is the what I've been there. It's is a comics museum or their comics wing.
0: It's LeBron yeah, right. James oh. Comics Museum.
2: Yeah that's what it is.
1: Uh <laughs> sorry I touched my head and then I looked at myself in the screen and like things just got completely out of control. Uh, <laughs> you, need to get that,
0: you need to get that toupee under I do this,
1: this, this, my, my piece is all out of, out of joint here. Uh, um, anyway, so no, at Ohio state. So Michigan state university has the largest public collection of comic books in the world. That's comic. Oh,
2: Michigan state does.
1: Yeah. So the, the MSU library has the largest collection of comics in the world. Really? Uh, Yeah. Not even close. Um, that's why I went there. Um, the rate, I'll tell you about Randy Scott in a minute. Um, Or maybe we can talk about Randy later. He's interesting. He was in The Weathermen. Um, So, but uh, Ohio State has the largest collection of comic and cartoon art and uh, publicly available. I wanted to talk to you about that because
2: it was neat. Yeah, it's incredible. No, it's not. It's It's not? It's neat. It's It's not. It's not. Uh, let, Let me put it this way. I saw more interesting original art at C2E2 than I did at the art museum in Columbus. In that installation. Like, yeah.
1: So in, it's in- I
2: I I think that there's still and this is my argument is that I think there's much more important art and, and certainly larger collections of important comic art in the private domain than there is in Columbus, Ohio. That way... There were some secondary Frank Miller pages from some Daredevil runs that were neat.
1: Sure. So It was, it
2: was cool. I enjoyed it. I was not blown away
1: <laughs> fine, yeah, uh yeah, fine, and I, I no sarcasm in that in that fine at all yeah uh, there's more in that collection than what's out on display why what why is there more? why would you keep the
2: good shit tucked away
1: uh, well because it's an archive and they don't even know they actually haven't
2: even catalogued it all yet, okay, yeah. so so um I mean, it was neat. It was cool. I I loved it. It was was amazing being in a comic art museum, right? And I was just like, okay, I want to see like this and this and this and this. And And it like wasn't there. Sure. It it was some cool stuff. But, yeah, it's... Well, um, One of, of those things, I mean, obviously, you're
1: right. I mean, a lot of those things, many of those things are squirreled away in private collections.
2: Yeah. And and also, that, and also the and, and, of- and I see you talk about that online a lot mm-hmm. whenever there's stuff that comes up in, like, heritage, auctions, mm-hmm. and you're right with me. It's like, oh, great, another piece of, of amazing historic art that's going to be, you know, taken away and put into a private collection for people to never see. Instead of right. being in a meanwhile, as you're
0: sitting in front of a wall of fucking you know, <laughs> original art, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't have it both ways. <laughs>
2: it's, I agree. Well,
1: so, it, but some of that though is like, you know, universities have limited resources, you know, um, they, they can't afford to buy that stuff. Like, I'm sure that Caitlin McGurk and Jenny Rob at Ohio State are. Karen Green at Columbia would have killed to have, say, the uh, Master Race sequence that, you know, the, the Bernie Kriegstein stuff. But they can't
0: afford that, you know. Nope. Um, they can't
1: afford that at all. So, well,
0: and I think your point, too, was, you know, that it's a huge collection and they only have certain exhibits. So whatever exhibit he happened to see when he was there, does not right. it's not the entirety of it. Like right now they have a Charles Schultz Peanuts exhibit right. going on.
2: Um, yeah,
0: and and there's a. It looks like there might be a, um, a couple of other uh, retrospectives. There's a racism in America retrospective in cartoons that has yeah. um, you know all sorts of different artists in, involved in it. And so <laughs> yeah, I mean it is. I'm interested. You mentioned something about someone being in the Weathermen. What was that? Who and oh, what was Rand- that?
1: Okay. Randy Scott, who was the librarian. So so the two people that really started comic studies as we understand it today were, I mean, there were people who sort of gathered pop culture ephemera and dropped it off in libraries. So like there's this guy, um, there's a guy at MSU that had a big collection of comics as a part of his pop culture studies in the beginning of popular culture association. He had all these comics and he just dropped them off at the MSU library. So they had this tremendous collection And then this guy came in who was not – he was working across the street at a store called Curious Bookshop, which is an early direct market retailer. It's still there. It's a used bookstore. And uh, his name's Randy Scott, and he came over and said, yeah, well, I'd like to start working in the library. So they hired him in the library, and he found a way to sort of just go rogue and start collecting comics and cataloging comics. So he was just buying up everything that he could get, And he literally wrote the book on how to catalog comics. So, like the Library of Congress system is based on Randy's system. So, before Randy was at Michigan State, he was kicking around Michigan and Ann Arbor with guys like Bill Ayers and um, ended up in the Weathermen and was at the Days of Rage in Chicago. Wow. And and, um, uh, was and then was convicted there he te- he tells stories in pieces right for i think if you know if anybody knows if you know anything about the weatherman there's a reason why randy's tell stories in pieces <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh so like but he he was convicted on in multiple states of multiple things in connection with his activities with the weatherman and sometimes and a couple at least once he was convicted because he missed a court date, but the reason he missed a court date is because he was in jail for his for his uh, participation Heart. in the rage. Wow! So, um, so anyway, so that guy ends up at Michigan State and it helped found Comic Studies, but uh, but yeah, like he because but he, of course, but, but he he was involved he was involved with the Weathermen for a very long time, and if you ask him, he says like, well, I just handed out pamphlets. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, he's just the one of the most interesting people I've ever met. Just totally fascinating character, like encyclopedic like knowledge and memory of like everything he's bought and when he's bought it and who he's met, um, and the stuff that he collects there. That's what a lot of that's what a lot of like archival presses uh, and publishers use to reprint to reprint stuff. So like Fantagraphics and uh, the American Library of Comics. Stuff is that the imprint that works with Fana? Can't remember whoever's doing like the strips, right? Like the Rip Kirby and the uh and the Milk Kniff stuff. I mean, they work with Ohio State and with Randy because they have they have all the they have all the strips. Because some some person, some maniac before (laughs) Randy was there, some maniac was collecting these strips and then pasting them onto cardstock and then hand making books. And and like stitching and everything and holding and putting things together.
2: Well, I mean, honestly, that's those are the first comic books, right? Were collections of strips, right? Right. But I mean, this person's like doing it every day, like, yeah, by by hand. Yeah, but the thing what what no one ever says is that those strips were put on human skin. Right.
1: That was that's the big thing. That's that's why they lasted (laughs) for so long in the archive without being in mylar. So. But but anyway so you know so Randy was Randy was a part of that one of the people that started it and then Lucy Caswell who was at OSU um, she's uh, she was the other person that founded it and they, those two basically got together and divvied it up and Lucy said okay we have the art because we have all of this stuff uh, we've got all these brushes and you know we've got this whole collection from Kniff and uh, and things like that and. So it was determined okay, Lucy ha- has the art at Ohio State and Randy has the books at MSU. And then they would trade that oh. as they gathered things, they would trade them. So a lot of the stuff, though, in the early days was not pages because the original art market was what it was, but they had strip art. So a lot of the stuff at OSU is like uh, EC Seeger and uh, Walt Kelly. And like, so like those, those early, those Walt Kelly strips, like the, um, we have met the enemy, and he is us. Like that's at Ohio State. Like so those those things are there. They're just in a shelf somewhere until they bring them out for. Have, like, you,
2: have you have you ever gone down to to is it, um, uh, is it Charleston, Illinois, the E. C. Seegers hometown? It's basically earth. across the the river from from St. Louis, and there's a pipe Pie, uh, Pie Pie uh, statue as you go into town. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, there's a nice little Popeye museum there. The, I mean, the, day, the days when cartoonists were lauded as heroes. You know, it, but yes and no, because uh, there were some cartoonists that were lauded as heroes, but the majority of comic book artists were kind of relegated to comic art as, as a lower brow you know, they they, sure. they were that for a lot of them, they were the folks that couldn't cut it in New York advertising, and they went into into comic book art. But then you had people. I think Wally Wood probably changes that for a lot of people, where he was maybe one of the first one of the first people that could have cut it in New York advertising, but he wanted to make comics, right? Sure, the comic strip artists were. Di- treated differently too though the stri- stri- yes yes yeah
1: weird delineations right yeah I mean they're not I mean style I mean there's differences there's formal differences mm-hmm. they're doing the same thing I mean yeah. and, and there's lots of movement back and forth but uh, Robert Ripley
0: yeah Robert right. Ripley first millionaire cartoonist in America I believe right who uh, Robert Ripley Ripley okay. believe it or not mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, um, You know, incredibly famous uh, strip, you know, strip artist and 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 cartoonist, and you know, kind of created the the um, you know the factory of you know after his you know after he became incredibly famous, sort of like other people doing the strips under his name, that sort of thing. But uh, he was, yeah, insanely famous as a as a comic strip artist, and yet never really mentioned. Uh, in in much of hmm. you know comic comic lore at all. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah. So so anyway so before you blipped out there, Chris, that's a lot of the stuff that you're not seeing. There's Hal Foster. There's Alex Raymond. There's Kniff. Oh. Yeah. There's you know like all that stuff. Like it it comes out like in in patches, but um but it's there like crazy stuff. Uh, they've got the Neil Adams page. For, they've got the Green Lantern, Green Arrow page. Um, the what have you done for you've done things for the Purple Skins, the Orange Skins.
2: Oh, the yeah, the um, uh, yeah. What have Green you done March for Green Arrow? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I saw that when I was there. I mean, i It was <laughs> cool. It was good. I enjoyed it.
1: I'm Glad I went. Listen, all I'm saying is that just uh, apologize now to the
2: entire state of Ohio. um... It's really cool. It's (laughs) neat, but you know, it's it's to go back to it before I clipped out. um, It's whenever I see whenever I see you comment about like original art auctions, you usually say, "Oh, great, something to be." you know, put away in a in a private collection that no one is ever going to see instead yeah. of going into a museum where it should be. And yeah. yes, as I sit here in my office surrounded by probably 50 or so pieces of original art, I will say, yeah, that stuff needs to be available for everyone to see. Um yeah. So, or and you-, you know what? When I die, it will be donated somewhere. Sure. So, well, right so... As- will- I'm gonna give it to Sal. Sal gets all my comic books and my original art.
0: <laughs> yeah, Marta's gonna love that. Yeah. So now he
2: already said that's cool. That's now fun. now it's now
1: it's Sal's responsibility to donate. It is, to and now you Library have to Congress. find a
2: museum for my and I have like
0: eBay.com. EBay.
2: <laughs> hey <laughs> when Alien Legion becomes recognized for the great comic book mm-hmm. that it was i own several pages from the first six issues of alien legion hey speaking of that so you
1: know who yeah i went to the Ditko convention that they had uh last year mm-hmm. in johnstown and uh carl potts was there and i talked to him a little he's bit. awesome yeah. yeah uh yeah just a great great human yeah. being uh first of all but anyway so i i mentioned the the alien legion stuff to him because Uh, Because I read that because of you, because of you guys.
2: Because it's amazing, right? Oh yeah, it's
1: also amazing. But I, I probably would have just went past it and grabbed something else if I had not put on AC. (laughs) Um, But anyway, like super fascinating guy. Like as like an editor and writer and stuff at Marvel. Oh yeah, big time. And also, and I say, and, and I said this to him, so I'm not talking out of school here, but like incredibly reserved when he can hear people, when people within earshot say things that are patently false or insane (laughs) about about comics and like the things that he saw and did and knew about, you know, while he was working at Marvel and and other Mm -hmm. places. Um, Really, really professional person. Let's say.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Like,
1: because there was a person there who was just saying some,
2: some bullshit. (laughs) Let's bat shit things,
1: and, and and Carl and me and a couple others are sitting there going, "This is fascinating. This is the first I'm hearing about this." Carl, you were there. Did you have you heard about this? No, I've never heard of this. Oh, okay. Well, moving on.
2: That's amazing.
1: Yeah, awesome. what what do you say
2: about Alien Legion? Uh, just
1: yeah, t- typical stuff. You know, like you know how it is. Like when we encounter people and like, oh man, this book is so great and I love it. And they go, oh, thanks. Well, I really appreciate mm-hmm. that. Or, you know, and that's basically it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I Well, can I get you a beer? And he said,
0: oh, okay. Oh,
1: so, okay. <sighs>
0: All right, Here's guys. Another... The oddness of you know the reality sometimes where the importance we put on the work compared to the people that did it is sometimes not as equal, you know, it's, it's just sort of like, Hey, it was a job, you know, at some point it was, right? it was my job. This is what I wasn't, I wasn't thinking necessarily at the time that it was, you know, groundbreaking. When, when
2: um, you remember when we had, um, Don glute on the show? Uh, I remember that Don glute was on the show. Don, we had Don glute on the show. And for folks out there that don't, Realize this, Don Glut. Beyond being a writer, and and he came into Chicago. He sat down with us at Dark Tower Comics. Um, Don glute wrote tons of Bronze Age comics, a lot of Marvel team ups, and um, mm-hmm. a lot of like secondary and tertiary Marvel comics. He also was a part of like the writers' room or creative team that that. Basically created the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Like, like Gray Skull is called Gray Skull because his ex-wife's last name was Gray, and so he called it Gray Skull. So whatever. And so we had it was it was uh, Tim Seely and uh, and Tim's brother, say, who are two of the biggest He-Man. Steve, uh, Tim and Steve, they're two of the biggest He-Man and Masters of the Universe fans I've ever met in my entire life. And they were so fucking geeked up to meet Don Glute and talk about He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And Don was just like, yeah, it was just a job. (laughs) And they were just like, yeah. (laughs) They were so... So geeked up about it. And he was like, yeah, yeah, it was it, it was a job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of those guys are like
0: that. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it is, you know, when you're creating something, maybe you're not thinking in the sense of, like, what it is going to accomplish or necessarily what effect it's going to have on people. You're just telling a story or you're, you know... Yeah drawing a story or whatever it may be. And then it takes on a life of its own. And what it becomes to people is that's the art form. That's what, you know I mean? Like that it it isn't, you know, it's. I think it's probably rare, more rare, especially in more of the, you know, commercialized stuff like comic books and books and TV and movies and things that are made specifically as commerce, you know, to then all of a sudden it becomes something that is really important to someone else's life. It's like, well, you know, I didn't. I wasn't trying to do that. It wasn't. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't. You know, it was just like, yeah,
2: Hey, cool. bills day.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And also that. Yeah, I mean, well, I was just saying. Also, I mean, artists don't really know the effect of their work, right? Right. Like, they don't. They don't. They don't create the interpretation. They don't create the meaning. That meaning happens somewhere in between. You know, the consumer and the and the finished thing. So, you know, who could say? Like I, like, I don't know how people interpret anything I write or do or say, yeah. right? I I don't get to decide that. And, like, <coughs> when someone confronts you, like, and, and this is not the same. This is not the same at all. But I, I I had a couple of people tell me, like, oh, wow, this X, Y, and Z that you wrote, that was really interesting. And it changed the way I thought. I'm like, oh, well, I just wrote it so that I could have a CV line. So thank you for reading it, right? Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not... It's different because it's not the same level of, you know, creation. It's not the same thing. But, like, what do you say? Like, yes, thank you. I appreciate
0: it. Yeah, well, you do something you love doing or you enjoy doing yeah. and you have fun doing it or, you, you know, you want it. I mean, I think a lot of times it's not even about money or necessarily paying the bills. Sometimes it is, but, you know, and then it becomes something more than you ever intended it to be or, or it's, like you said, interpreted differently than – Anything you you know you consciously uh there was a I, I think I talked about this before it was like um which is interesting now that the, there's a new movie coming up but i was i saw a, happened to see a clip of Steven Spielberg was on the show uh inside the actor' studio with um oh. i can't remember the the guy that ran the actor' studio uh, he's passed away now, but yeah okay. um, uh Lipton yeah James yeah Lipton. James Lipton and Lipton is asking him about. Um, Close Encounters and he brings up the fact that Spielberg's mother was a concert <laughs> pianist yeah. and his father was a mathematician and in Close Encounters you had a scientist and a musician trying to speak to an alien and you see this look on Steven Spielberg's face like oh, and, he, and he basically says yeah. I've never realized that that's what that story was about until you just asked me that question And now there's a new Spielberg movie called The Fablemans that comes out, which is essentially the story of him as a child not being able to really understand his parents, who Mm -hmm. in the movie is a musician and a mathematician, I believe. And, and you know, so it's like, it's interesting, you know, he he had no idea. It was some, you know, years later, someone else brings the the idea up. James
2: Lipton was his, you know, white psychiatrist for the day.
0: Well, it was just the you know, yeah. it was just like James Lipton standing back from it is seeing something mm-hmm. that Spielberg making it didn't intend. He wasn't trying, he didn't consciously yeah. know that that's what he was doing. He was telling a story about being a child and not relating to his parents. And how do I how do I, you know, I want to be a filmmaker, they're you know, one of them's a musician, one of them's a scientist, and I don't relate to either one of them as a child <laughs> because I want to make movies and they don't understand that. And so he makes this movie about an alien and communicating to the alien as a musician and a scientist. But he doesn't understand that that's what he's saying. He's talking about himself, and he's talking, you know what I mean? Like, it's so deeply rooted. And so it's like, yeah, how do you ever know that? what, can you know, why does that movie have a connection with a bunch of people? Well, because it's about a kid who doesn't understand why he can't communicate with his parents. And we don't even understand that necessarily watching it, but we have a connection to it because of that universal sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's a perfect example. Oh, I just I, I just deleted Chris. Oh, there he is. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, WTF? <laughs> Sorry, I, I I accidentally hit a button and you were gone. Oh. Want me to do it again? I'll do it again. There, you're gone oh, again, Chris. It's just me and you now, Zach. All right, now me.
1: let's talk bad about
2: Chris. <laughs>
0: let's. <laughs> there, he there he is. Oh, oh! oh.
2: Hi, Chris. What are you doing here? I'm the one that invited you to be here. Tonight. Oh, yes. <laughs> right. Uh, Sal wanted Sealy. Uh,
0: oh. I didn't. Oh. I said, no. I said, hey, do you want to get a guest? And Chris said, yeah. Do you? Who? And I said, I don't care. Whoever you he want. Said, he matter. said, Tim Seely. And I
2: was like, you know what? How about Zach Kruse? He's like, I did whatever. not say Tim Seeley. He said, whatever.
0: <laughs> he said, whatever. Mm, I mm. Said, I, Zach whatever. Would, Zach would be great. Listen. <laughs> I said, let me let me bone up on my Steve Ditko and, mm-hmm. and we'll talk. <laughs> all
1: right. Listen, just get him on here. He's gonna bore us to death with all this Ditko shit that I don't care about. <laughs> and I want have to say anything for 90 minutes, and it's gonna be fine. So whatever.
0: Essentially, let him go. And I don't I, have Cr- to talk and
2: <laughs> so Chrissy. So um, after we finish up here in a minute, because we're mm-hmm. we're running along, uh, we gotta get together. Because curling season starts in like three weeks.
0: Oh, I'm just
2: going to actually, now. I curl on Thursday this. I won't be on AC this week because I'm curling in Madison. Oh, so you know what? You may be back with uh with with uh uh, uh Sal and Tom mm. next next week. Tom Tom and I could talk about
0: uh, crazy Packer dads. Oh god, oh that would be amazing. Yeah, I don't I don't Oh think that's Sal's gonna, gonna hate I it. it. I don't think I'm gonna be here <laughs> He's gonna for that hate one. Hate it. I think this yeah, might be the not- end of America of Around Comics.
2: Yeah, I'm curling in Madison next uh, next Thursday.
0: Oh, no episode. We can live stream. Curling?
2: Yeah, live stream curling. No. Uh I start at eight o'clock. I've got I've got to draw at 10 a.m.
0: Okay, <laughs> and that's the end of curling with Chris. So, Zach, it's been a pleasure as always, oh, my friend. No, good I love it. To you. And uh, thanks for coming on last minute. You know, that was oh, sort cool. of a, you know, always, always good to talk. I'm glad things are going well for you uh, again. So, are you working on any other books? Are you working on, on anything oh, new in the, in oh, the near I, future?
1: I just had an article come out uh, on uh, a movie from the 50s called The Werewolf. Which is one of only oh. three werewolf movies from the '50s. Uh, it's about it's about nuclear holocaust and vaccines through the conduit of werewolves. Ooh. So, uh, which is what the movie's about. So that's the article. Uh, that's on horror homeroom, um, which is available <laughs> now. He's back, uh, and then uh, and then I have another thing coming out about how much I hate sci-fi movies. Uh, not science fiction movies, but like movies produced by the Sci-Fi Channel post Shark. Oh yeah, they're pretty terrible.
2: <laughs> um, Stan- Stanley's Harpies. I oh my God,
1: I, I I wrote a I wrote a I wrote a pretty scathing book chapter about Lava Lanchula, um, and then uh, but anyway, so those so those are the two most recent publications. But then, not but I'm working on I'm working with the Ditko family
0: right now mm-hmm.
1: on his effects and working through like what they have and getting things cataloged because there's a couple of auctions coming up that they're doing. Um, So I'm working with them to organize those things and figure out what to do with them and what they are. Um, So that's a project in and of itself. And then I'm working on another thing right now that is about. seems
0: like that could be a documentary.
1: It should be. Um, Right? But, uh, and then I'm doing another thing about race and the carnival. So,
0: hmm, interesting. Nice race in the carnival. Yeah, Waiting Well, I want to invite. I want to be the first to invite you on. We're 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 just in the process of oh, yeah. starting a new podcast called Film Force Five. I know, and um, we would love to have you on that sometime So, think of some themes, some subjects that you would be interested in talking about, um, and and yeah, we'd love to have you on that uh, as a reoccurring guest for sure.
1: I can do double duty because I'm teaching intro to film in the spring. So I can just start.
0: Look okay. at This is what I love. Actual experts. See, yeah, I'm talking on podcasts instead of us idiots with no yeah. expertise. Oh,
2: I got another guest today. It's going to be awesome. Oh. Dave right. O'Malley. You're going to love Dave. I
0: Dave's don't know amazing. who Dave. I don't know who that is.
2: Dave's amazing. You're going to love Dave. A,
0: let Dave, me guess. Dave. He's a curler.
2: <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's, actually, he's not. Um, uh it's Tori's brother in law.
0: Oh, you already told me about that.
2: He's amazing. He's great. He's been watching uh the uh uh hundred movies that you should watch before you die for uh, for months. Yeah. The A5? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: he hasn't watched those already? <laughs> <laughs> Amateur. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
2: Yeah, you'll love yeah. Dave. He's great. uh I'm sure. Zach, I say this seriously, you do more to preserve and, and cherish comics than, than 99.9% of comic fans do, and I want to thank you for that, and thank you for being a guest tonight, appreciate it, we love you, and you're welcome back anytime.
1: I love you too, and we have a Brewers game to catch at some point here.
2: Uh I'm going Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm expecting to see either either and or Division Clencher and uh seven hundredth home run.
1: Uh so are you going Wednesday? Yes. Can I invite myself Wednesday?
2: I I I, I uh I'm I'm in a box on Wednesday. Oh. But uh, yeah okay, well I guess
1: not. I got, right.
2: I got invited.
1: Okay, fine. I'll allow it.
2: We'll there's figure it out. we got like one series after that. Yep, there's, we'll there's, talk afterwards. First time. Because yes, yes. I want to anyway. take you to your I want to take you to, to your first is it your first brewers game?
0: Yeah. I,
2: I want to take you to your first brewers game. Mr.
0: Right. Brewer. Chris Niesman. Mr. Brewer. <laughs> yes. Oh, I have I Wisconsin. To
2: opening, opening curling banquet tonight. All right. Everyone, we love you. Um, we will be back. Uh, we've got some. Is it ACTV this week, or are we starting Film Force 5?
0: No. I don't know. I can't get any of you fuckers together to actually do it. I'm, I'm
2: available every goddamn races. Sunday.
0: So, uh, no, this Sunday, uh, ACTV? I am not available for okay. anything. So, there we'll will be nothing. Okay. There will Whatever. be nothing. We're going to be,
2: I won't be back here next Thursday. Um, Zach will it's be over. running show. The, the show's show. over. This
0: is it. Sure. This is the last show. Oh, Zach, off. thank you no, for being not. the last we'll be guest back. ever. Zach,
2: Zach, Zach will run be it next on. Thursday. Uh in the meantime.
0: In between. Yes, Chris. Joe, Chris has been drinking. You can tell. It's uh <laughs> pretty obvious, Joe yeah. G, that Chris has been drinking. Yes.
2: Everywhere. In,
0: in. And, around. and around comics. <laughs>